0: Hello, I'm Lyle Southwell. Welcome to Let God Speak. In Eden, God laid the groundwork for how humans should best live their lives. As we will see in our study today, God didn't expect people to do nothing. In the scriptures, we will see that they were to live a very full life. On our panel today, we have David Curry and Danny Milankov. And as we begin our Bible study, let's start with prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you that we have this privilege of reading your word. We thank you that we can find truth in it. We pray that you'll send your Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts as we study together. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So, Danny, I'm going to start with a question coming your direction. And in the Garden of Eden... God ordained a number of practices. What were they?
1: Well, there are three key practices that God gave, or should I say three institutions. The first one um, is the Sabbath that we find there in Genesis chapter 2. Another one is marriage and the family, which we find in Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2. And the third one is work. Good old-fashioned work. Work, Danny. That sounds like your favorite thing, um, right? Oh, absolutely <laughs> not Yeah, No, I, I love work. Um, we know you love work because we see you doing it all the time. And th- that shouldn't really surprise us, Lyle, because the Bible says at the very beginning, in the very first verse, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So God was at work at the very beginning and He created us in His image. So we shouldn't be surprised that God gave the human race the opportunity to work and to be productive. Yes. David, does this surprise you at all that that God
0: has included work here in the Garden of Eden in that perfect environment?
2: Well, you know, it may surprise some, but I'm not surprised because there are things that God wanted men to do. Uh, First, as Danny's already suggested, he wanted them to multiply, which means that they would have a family to care for. And in twenty-eight, verse 28 of chapter 1, it says they would have dominion over the earth. They'd have responsibilities over looking after the earth that God created. And you know, God wanted people to understand that he was the creator, that he was the one who guided them into work, and that they should work productively.
0: Yes, and I think that when we stop and think about the work that God has established here in the Garden of Eden, this is, you know, some people might have this attitude like, well, I don't really like work. And so I think most of the time they were kind of sitting around and doing nothing. But we need to remember that God gave them a day off. He did. A day of rest. And so this was significant work, wasn't it? You know, that was, uh, it was more than just, you know, 10 minutes every day kind of work. This was significant work that God expected them to do. Okay, Danny, with all of this significant work that God expected them to do back then,
1: um, did that block God out of the equation? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Uh, For the Bibles are very clear that as we work and cooperate with God as we put into practice the, the skills and the abilities that He has given us, we actually walk with God. If I could just go to a couple of scriptures, the first one being Genesis chapter 5 and verse 22, where the Bible speaks of Enoch and it says, After he begat Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years. And he had sons and daughters. And we know from other passages in Scripture, including the book of Jude, that that Enoch was heavily involved in ministry and work. He prophesied concerning the coming of Jesus. He was a man who walked with God. Another individual is um, Noah. And in Genesis chapter 6 and verse 9, this is what it says about Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God. And we know the story about Noah. He built a boat. He built an ark that was to be the salvation of those who would be willing to get on board the boat. And he spent 120 years working. So he was preaching and working and certainly involved in very important work. And the Bible's very clear. They walked with God. So God was not blocked out of their experience. In fact, God was more incorporated into their experience as they worked with and for God.
2: Mm,
0: Absolutely. Now, there's a passage here in uh, Romans, which I think, David, you might be able to help us shed some light on this. Um, Before I read it, I just wanted to mention that, you know, we talked a little a, a moment ago how that the work that God gave them in the Garden of Eden was significant work because he also gave them a day of rest. He didn't just give them a day of rest, though. He gave them a day with God. Amen. And so God never intended work to block out our connection with God. And He never intended us as human beings to work without ever resting. There's wonderful balance that we find in the Bible. Uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 1, the Bible says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. David, what is this telling us in, you know, in the whole context of this discussion about you know, the dignity of labour?
2: Well, it shows that we are united in our walk with both work and worship. And uh, God wants us to be united with Him all the way. Even as we're working, we should be united with Him.
0: Absolutely. Now, you know, if we think about it a little bit further, we also know that some people don't like work. Mm. Danny here, of course, loves work. <laughs> we know that. Um, but is, is work one of those things that is just not for everybody?
1: There may be some that say, look, I'm not cut out. I'm not cut out to work. Uh, however, the Bible is very clear that God gave the gift of work. And that's what it is. It's a gift that God gave to the human race to every single person. There are some that confuse this scripture in Genesis 3:17. Uh, after after sin has entered the world, and I'm just reading uh, halfway through here from verse uh, in Genesis 3:17, where it says, where God says, "Cursed is the ground for your sake." in toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. And they are like, well there you go. I mean, work's going to be a curse. So why should I even enter into this curse? I want to be blessed. But the truth is it's not curse. So it's not the work that's being cursed here, but God says cursed is the ground. So after sin entered the world, of course, it was a lot more difficult to grow. There were weeds and there was sweat and so on and so forth. However, yeah, the ground was more difficult, but work remains a blessing. And that's all the way through Scripture.
0: Yeah, and we understand this because we see depression rates infinitely higher amongst people who don't work than amongst people who do.
1: And if I could just add, uh, there's, a, there's a common saying, certainly here in Australia, I'm not sure in any other part of the world where people may be watching, but the, the, the saying goes something like this, Idleness is the devil's workshop. And it's so true when we are not involved in something positive, the enemy will come along and fill that vacuum with that which is harmful to us and to others. So work is a blessing. The Bible is very clear. I mean, the commandments are clear. You know, six days you shall do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord. So you rest the so six days we were designed to work six days. And the seventh day we were designed to have a rest.
0: OK, here's a question for both of for both of you men. Um, in heaven, you know, people look forward to being in heaven where we'll be free from all of the stresses and the cares of this world. In heaven, are we going to be able to, you know, have a holiday and just sit on the beach for the rest of eternity or are we going to work?
2: Well, you know, I think we are going to do some work because God ordained it in the first place and he'll continue to have that. But I like what it says in Ecclesiastes 3, verses 12 and 13. I know that nothing is better for them than to rejoice and to do good in their lives, and also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of his labour. It's a gift of God. If it's a gift here, it'll be a gift up there as well. And you know, one of the things today that therapists tell us about, that we ought to have blue and green together. It wasn't so long ago my wife went to the doctor and he said, look, you are lacking in vitamin D. You need some vitamin D. There's a sunshine. If you're working out in the garden, if you're working where God wants us to work, we'll get both blue and green that the therapists say we should have. There's the natural vitamin D.
0: Absolutely. And, and, and this, is, this is something that will, you know, one of the most effective things in." And we've known this for, you know, at least 150 years. One of the most effective
1: ways of dealing with depression is to get outside and to work
0: in the fresh air.
1: And I understand. I'm not a... I'm certainly not a, a medical doctor or anything like that. But I understand that sweating is actually good for you. So when yes. God told Adam, you're going to sweat, it was for his good. And so the, the toxins come out. That, that's an opportunity for the toxins to come out. You sweat. There's a whole bunch of other good positive chemistry that takes place. And I want to take it one step further, Lyle. Yes. Uh, you asked about, will there be activity in heaven? I did. I certainly. did. Yeah. However, the Bible says that when the new Jerusalem and when this earth after it's being cleansed from sin becomes the center of the universe, we're going to continue to keep working here on this earth after sin has been eradicated the way it was at the beginning. I just want to share from Isaiah 65 verse 21 and 22. And it says, they shall build. This is in the context of the new earth. They shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They shall not build and another in, inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. So there's going to be planting. There's going to be working. There's going to be, there's going to be activity on the earth made new. So it's always been God's plan and it will remain God's plan.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And this is, this is such an important point right here. And just from that one verse, we know that at the very least, that in heaven, we will be involved in construction and agriculture. Now, when I look at human beings made in the image of God and God being creative by nature, yeah. do we think that God is somehow going to remove that creativity from us when we get to heaven and say, just you know, sit on the beach for the rest of eternity? You know, That will keep some people occupied for a day, but most people occupied for about an hour and some people occupied for about five minutes. Human beings were not designed that way and God knows that. And so God has given us work as a gift and we need to look at it that way. Now, Danny, we're picking up here that work is more than just an economic necessity. So there's more to it than just, you know, putting, putting food on the table and roof over the
1: head. Absolutely. The, the Bible says that work is to grow us in every aspect of our lives. So it's to grow us emotionally, uh, socially, uh, physically and spiritually. Uh, there's a number of scriptures that, that we could look at. Um, I, I can just think of one, one very well-known uh, scripture that we speak of when we talk about giving honor and glory to God in all that we do. First Corinthians 10 31, whether you eat or drink, do it all to the glory of God. So work is part of giving God glory. It's part of fulfilling the plans and the objectives that God has for us as individuals, those who were created in His image to work as he worked. In fact, um, if, you, if you go back to John, I think it's chapter 5, John, and I won't take the time to read it there, but John 5, verses 16 to 18, there Jesus says, me and my father are at work. We are still working. And this is in the context of Jesus, uh, uh, of Jesus performing a miracle on the Sabbath. And so the Sabbath was a day also for work, works of love, works of compassion, works of healing, and so even the Sabbath itself, which is a day of rest, is also designed to be a day to be a blessing. So it's far more than just putting bread on the table. Work is designed to be a blessing to others and to us and to ultimately fulfill the image of God in us. Mm, absolutely. So in that context, um,
0: David, let me ask you this question. Do you have any children?
2: Yes, we have four.
0: And do you have any grandchildren? No. Well, yes, one. One grandchild? No, grand, no great-grandchildren yet? No. Okay. But here I do know I'm talking to the expert. So for children, should children work?
2: Oh, Is it that's something a... that
0: children should get involved
1: in. <laughs> well, Today in 2020? Are you yeah, sure? that's right.
2: <laughs> I had five siblings and we just had to work. Everybody had their duties. Our mother made us do that. And all children, when they get at a certain age, should be taught how to do certain things around the house. You know, we had a couple just a little bit older than us And one day, my wife was talking to the lady. She said, I'm so tired. She said, I have so much to do. Well, I have to say that she kept her house perfect. But my wife said to her, look, why don't you ask your older daughter to help? She could wash the floors. She can do the dishes. No, she said, if I show her how to do things, it takes all my time and more energy. That girl grew up to be 20 and I doubt whether she could even boil water. She was absolutely useless around the house. If we don't teach children when they're young, then that's what will happen. And so children need to work as well. And they get joy out of working.
0: Absolutely, they do. They they get the same kind of fulfillment
1: out of work as what we do. It's interesting that in the Jewish tradition, in the Jewish culture, Every boy, every girl was taught a trade. And in the case of Jesus, he worked with his father in a carpenter shop. Mm -hmm. So this was something that was essential to the overall growth, health and well-being of of an individual. And you think about the
0: Apostle Paul, who was, you know, set in position to be, you know, the next greatest, highest, most uh, prestigious lawyer, you know, that that Judah would Mm. see. Uh, that was that was his future as it was outlined, but he had a trade mm-hmm. as a tent maker that that's he right. had learnt. That's right. I think I, I I just think that's a fantastic idea. I think every young person should have a trade. I think mm. it's uh, yeah. it's a, it's a it's a great thing. We have got this passage here in uh, Deuteronomy chapter fifteen, sorry, sorry chapter sixteen, and verse fifteen. Seven days shall you uh, shall you keep a solemn feast unto the Lord your God in the place which the Lord shall choose because the Lord your God shall bless you in all your increase and in all the works of your hands. Therefore, you shall surely rejoice. That sounds a lot like camp meaning to me. But uh, Danny, what's it talking about here?
1: Well, it's talking about being blessed in participating in, in the work that God has has set out for you. And here, obviously, it's in the context of uh, the feast of the tabernacles in particular and one of, the, one of the experiences of the children of Israel was to participate in the festivals and the feasts, and that was to be a blessing. And so there, there was some activity involved. There was some work, if you want to call it that, involved in that, and that was to, to be a blessing. And as it points out here, you will surely rejoice. So we can rejoice in work well done, just like an artist when they step back and they, and they look at their, their painting or, or an engineer, the construction that's taken place. They step back and they say, wow, you know, I'm really pleased with that. There is a sense of um, happiness and joy and accomplishment.
0: Mm, Absolutely. There's another great passage uh, back in Ecclesiastes, one that I think that probably many of you are familiar with. It says in Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 10, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. Mm. Um, David, what's this one talking about?
2: Well, it's saying that when you get into your work, do it wholeheartedly. Put your whole heart into it. And um, I like that text that you just read because it says there's no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave. I mean, if we can't work properly, we might as well go to the grave. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very valid point
0: you raised right there. Very I can't argue with that. Um, Ecclesiastes, let's, let's um, smash through a bunch of these verses here. Ecclesiastes chapter 2 and verse 24. Uh, the Bible says there is nothing better for a man than that he should eat and drink and that he should make his soul enjoy good in his labor. This also I saw that it was from the hand of God. Mm. Um, and what a, what a great um, passage we've got right here. Uh, Danny, what's his, what's, his, what's his main point in this passage?
1: Well, his main point is to to enjoy life that God has blessed you with. I mean, God's blessed us with eating and drinking, with fellowshipping and socialising and spending time um, at at banquets and parties and weddings and so on and so forth. And God has also designed for us to enjoy the fruits of our labour, of work. So it's really positive. And I don't know know about you, but I have found after a, a good solid day of work, I sleep really well. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Whereas if I've just been vegging out and not doing much at all, um, yeah, the, the sleep doesn't, uh, I don't experience that same sweet sleep. And so there's, there's real joy in being active and in doing something that is useful, in being productive, not just for ourselves, but once again, it's, a, it's, it's the blessing that we can pour into the lives of others, of those around us. And, and Jesus came. The Bible is very clear. He says, I have come not to be served, but to serve and to give a life and to give my life a ransom for many. So it's more blessed to give than to receive, according to the the words of the Apostle Paul as he's quoting Jesus. So there is a blessing associated with, with giving and working and sharing and building and so on and so forth.
0: Now you talk about the blessing of giving, and that's an interesting thought that you raise right there because the Bible has a lot to say about supporting the poor and giving to
2: the poor. But David, what about the poor that refuse to work? And that's another thing altogether. And there are many people like that who refuse to work. But you know, Paul said this in Second Thessalonians three and verse ten: "If anyone will not work, neither shall he eat." And you know, this is quite important. Even King Solomon in Proverbs thirteen twenty three makes it very clear that much food is in the fellow ground of the poor. Many poor people have ground, but they don't do a thing. Their yard is just a mess. If they got out and did some gardening, got a bit of vitamin D and learned to work, they'd have food on their table. And uh, so as Paul says, if you don't work, then you shouldn't be able to eat. And I think that's a a thing that is very important even for our governments today. Mm. Now, as you said earlier, and I've noticed over and over again, probably hundreds of times, God is advising people to look after the poor. And one way we can look after the poor is if they're able, not disabled, but if they're able to help them to get their garden going, mm. help them to find work and help them to do work. And uh, they'll get, as you said there before, the joy of real working.
1: Yeah, and if I, if I could add to what, what David has shared, uh, there's, there's another saying, you can give a man a fish to eat and you'll feed him for a day or you can teach a man or a woman to fish and you will feed him or her for life. And so once again, it's that principle of, of teaching, of sharing, of <coughs> investing uh, into someone's life valuable skills and ability that will enable them uh, to work, that will enable them to sustain a family. And a big thing today uh, that the UN is, is really pushing hard and, and our church, the Seventh-day Adventist Church, has got on board, and that is an education for all. An education for all children. Why is an education so so important? That is because an education is foundational to enabling that person not only to be uh, of use to themselves and to feed themselves, but also to be a blessing to their family and to their wider community. So this is extremely critical. I remember being in Africa. I've been in Africa a number of times uh, to, to run outreach programs there. And it's always a joy and a blessing. And I remember in uh, my last trip last year, 2019, well, we were in Ethiopia together. You'll remember that. We were in Ethiopia together. And, and I remember going each and every day uh, there to on, on the footpath on the road. And there was a, a young woman there. She was selling pineapple selling pineapple I'm not sure where she got the pineapple maybe she was growing it or getting it from somewhere else and that's what she was doing in the hot sun all day every day she was selling pineapple slices for I don't know how much it was and so there is no center link over there Um, and so if you don't work if you don't have one way either cleaning shoes or whatever you don't eat and so but there's dignity associated with that as well And, and you just see people really feel good about themselves
0: absolutely now You know, even with a very simple job like that, is God interested, uh, Danny, in the quality of our work?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, there's a scripture uh, that that, that clearly says, whatever we do, you know, do it as we are doing it to God, Mm -hmm. not to man. So whatever we do, whether it be polishing shoes, whether it be selling pineapple on the side of the road, whether it be building the Taj Mahal (laughs) or some church or whatever, we ought to do it all to the glory of God because we're doing it ultimately as a witness to him. And and David, what does that say about the character of God?
2: Well, it does say that God is very interested in perfection to some degree. And um, I remember a child saying, God, don't make no junk. You know, God makes masterpieces and he demonstrates a spirit of excellence. And that's what he wants in his people.
0: There's this great passage in uh, Exodus chapter 31, uh, verses uh, two to six, the Bible says, "See, I have called by name Bezaleel the son of Uri the son of Hur of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the spirit of God, in wisdom and in understanding and in knowledge and in all manner of workmanship, to devise cunning works, to work in gold and silver and brass and cutting of stones, to set them and the carving of timber, to work in all manner of workmanship. Uh, and behold, I have given." With him uh, Aholiab, the son of, uh, yes, that fellow there, of the tribe of Dan, and in the hearts of all that are wise-hearted I have put, the wisdom that they may make all that I have commanded you. You know, when you read this particular passage here, you find that one of the gifts of the Spirit that we often don't talk about is craftsmanship. Mm. And, uh, you know, when, when, I, when I read this particular passage, well, actually, Danny, let me ask you, what do you think about this passage?
1: Well, look, I believe, and this is obviously in the context of the building of the sanctuary. Yes. God asked Moses to, to build a sanctuary according to the type, uh, according to the, the, the sanctuary that's in heaven. And so God gave yeah very specifics here. And he gave, he not only gave the command of what to do, but he gave the skills. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there, there, there's a saying, God, God will equip you for the work that he has called you to do. You know, God equips the called, or so to speak. And I believe that's the case here. So God, through his Holy Spirit, does give that gift of workmanship, uh, craftsmanship, as you pointed out, in order for us to achieve what God has called us to do for, uh, for his honour and glory and as a witness to those around us.
0: And David, was this a temporary gift of the Spirit that was given right here?
2: Well, I think when it talked about Eliab, it says that he had the gift of teaching God gave him that gift. And uh, when he does give a gift like that of teaching or craftsmanship, I think it's a permanent thing, not just something of one-off.
0: Absolutely. In Exodus chapter 35, uh, where we read Exodus 35 and verse 34, we find that the gift that is given here was not just craftsmanship. It extended further than that. In verse 34, it says, He has put in his heart that he may teach both he and Aholiab, um, of the tribe of Dan. And so is not just the gift of workmanship and craftsmanship that they were given. Teaching. Teaching. Teaching came along. Well, with that's it one ago. of the
1: gifts. That's one of the gifts of the spirit that we find in the New Testament that yes. God has given to the church.
0: Absolutely. So if God is so interested in us doing you know, our very best in all that we do, um, David, just very quickly, what if, you're, what if your work is just very menial work and is uninteresting?
2: Well, you know that many people have menial jobs and personally, I can take pity on some of them. But I've known some people who give God the glory, who are thinking about God all the way through. And it's amazing how their menial work becomes quite pleasant to them. And I think that's the answer.
0: Absolutely. And I think this is one of the wonderful things that we find in Scripture is that in everything we do, the Bible says, whether you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, Do all to the glory of God. It doesn't matter how menial our task is, it doesn't matter, you know, whether it's big or small, we can do it to God's glory. God wants our relationship with Him to permeate every aspect of our lives, including our employment. As believers, everything we do is telling God's story to the world around us. The challenge is to let our lives tell the truth about Jesus and His love. We're glad you were with us today on Let God Speak. If you want to watch this program again or any past programs, go to our website, 3abnaustralia.org.au. Teachers teachers can find notes there to download. You can send any emails to LGS at 3abnaustralia.org.au and may God bless you all. You have been listening to Let God Speak